0: Okay, welcome back to Inside Flicks. It's that time of the week again where we dive into this past weekend's box office numbers. So let's kickstart our weekly box office report. Rich, can you please reveal the top five movies that claimed their spots in the box office rankings this past weekend? Okay, this is the, the uh, four day Memorial Day weekend numbers. The uh, coming number one is The Little Mermaid with $118.8 million. Number two is Fast X with $28.5 million. Number three is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three with $26.8 million. Number four is the Super Mario Brothers movies with 8.2. And coming round out the top five is The Machine with $5.8 million. All right, before we dive into the, the box office numbers for Disney's The Little Mermaid, I gotta ask you guys this. Do you feel like this summer is shaping up to be a little bit shaky? You know, maybe not as profitable as we initially thought. I could I could I guess I could say yes, because um I really expected the um the last two weeks to be a much more bigger than um than than this especially the fast x weekend yeah but yet the school's not out yet so um it's not officially summer to me i mean it's not, not until the fourth of july weekend really well ever since the release of the super mario brothers which you know was this really great surprise or i guess not a surprise but it was a you know a welcome hit it did mm-hmm. super well and i think that was a i would say that was a hopeful sign of what the summer could bring and, and I think looking back with the other releases of May, you know, most of those movies kind of performed, I guess, pretty well, but a lot of it underperformed. And I guess, you know, my hopes of having this big summer were let down because of that.
1: I, I, I kind of have different feelings uh, than you... Um... I, I feel like people are being just more selective with what they watch in theaters, but I think, you know, people are clearly going to the movies. I mean, Top Gun and Avatar were huge. Yeah, yeah. Super Mario Brothers uh, is, is massive, much bigger than anybody expected, and is still doing really well for a movie that's already on VOD. And, um, you know, I think Guardians of the Galaxy Vol. 3 is still doing very well. It, you know, it seems to still be on track to be the most successful in the trilogy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think, you know, the three of us were it's hoping it'd be a little bigger but it's still really big and um you know fast x while the numbers domestically aren't you know great Mm -hmm. um i think it's still going to end up reaching about 200 million domestic maybe a little below that and the overseas numbers are still very strong uh the movie's already made 500 over 500 million uh, worldwide and i think you know um you know by the time fast x is done in theaters it's going to end up you know maybe not being the most successful in the franchise, but still being more successful than the last one. And probably being um, maybe about, or maybe a little more successful than uh, Hobbs and Shaw. So, you know, there's that. Uh, also, you know, the the movie's not very good, so that, <laughs> that doesn't really help Fast X. And all these other movies are have been underperforming. Unfortunately, you know, I hate to feel it, I hate to say it, because I really want to see, I don't want movies like this to go away from theaters, but I think a lot of these movies are just people would rather stream them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like a lot of these movies, people would rather just watch at home. Like, um, so I think that's why they're not doing well. I think that's why we have like all the new releases this week, basically coming in at at the bottom half of the top 10. Mm -hmm. I think these are just movies. People would rather watch at home or on a plane. I,
0: I, and here's a thought: um, Maybe the era of films crossing over a billion dollar mark at the box office is like behind us now. You know, maybe no. that maybe that's no, too I, much yeah. too much to ask for. No. Well, I, I think it's too much to ask for every movie to to cross over a billion. And maybe well, that our, was
1: always foolish to expect.
0: Maybe, maybe, And maybe there's a, a a lower expectation for films nowadays, or lower box office projections for movies, and possibly that's because of the pandemic and. Obviously, the arrival of streaming—I think that ha- all those things have these lingering impacts on the film industry—and we'll see. We, we, you know, the summer hasn't really kind of like Rich was saying—it hasn't really started yet. But I think after after this summer, after this year, most likely we'll we'll see how how well these movies are doing in the box office, and maybe this is going to be a different normal, and uh, we'll see. Well, well let's go back to little mermaid because the little mermaid I think uh, domestic wise is it's an obvious hit with 118 million um it, it, it's yeah. a fine opening we, we expected 120 I at least I expected 120 for the four day but it's internationally it's a, it, you could safely say it's a flop it was uh, it was only 78 million I mean it's a lot less than the domestic wise and, um, it's not catching on with it international. Opened, it yeah.
1: opened in a lot of territories.
0: Yeah, I think it opened up in China also, which did very poorly, o- o- less than 3 million. So, and yeah, think, it's definitely... And yeah. to be fair, China, it's just, you know, American movies, Hollywood movies are not doing well there. Fast X is, I guess, uh, number one again for the second week in, in China, but yeah. it's still a lot lower than what has previously done in China. I don't know, it's, it's like I say, it's, it's it's the ground is shifting here with international markets. Yeah, but the the only the only big hit to me uh so far is guardians of the galaxy volume three because it is number th- uh, it is number three this weekend but it actually came in number two um uh on monday or memorial day on memorial day so mm-hmm. it beat fast x on monday so it, it it's it's this movie still has a potential to meet uh re- to reach a billion to me and uh, um it's got yeah, it's
1: basically it was basically tied with fast x this weekend
0: yeah yeah it's so, so close I think Guardians has the um, most staying power of all the films in the uh, in the top five because well, besides Super Mario Brothers, which but is Super Mario Brothers. Brothers is now on VOD, so it could slip off eventually. Mm-hmm. But it,
1: I don't know. But the Super Mario Brothers is still so expensive on VOD. Uh, let's yeah, well, and, let's talk about
0: uh, Little Mermaid's second week. It's possible second week. It's, do you see a big drop for its second week? I do. I do. Unfortunately for uh, Disney, but who cares? <laughs> I mean, uh, it is. Uh, uh, Haley Bailey is is a fine star, but other than that, I mean, the 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 picture itself. I don't I don't think there's no major stars attached to it. I mean, Melissa McCarthy. I think she's not fit to to be an international star just yet. Sure, she's been in a lot of movies, but. She's also been in a lot of her husband's movies so um it's, it 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 even's out that her her star power is not there oh, yet. But you also got Javier Bardem who unfortunately has gained like the worst of the criticisms uh, <laughs> in, for the movie they're saying that he's pretty awful in the film. Oh I, is he? Oh, that's too bad because Biola like, <laughs> Crocodile I thought he was great. <laughs> <laughs> but uh I I don't understand that kind of international opening. It's really was it really underperformed although it did pretty well here in the states. Uh, it, it's mostly skewered women It did well with women and also did well with 20 years and younger or 25 and younger. So it seems like people who grew up with little mermaid went to see this movie. Um, I think it's going to do probably a pretty significant drop next week or this upcoming week.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I agree. I think it's going to also have a, a pretty big drop. Um, probably a little over 60%. Yeah. maybe like 62 or 63 something like that but um uh i i think it's still gonna overall you know it's not gonna be dropping as fast as like fast x from the domestic you know top five
0: yeah well let's talk about fast x because i i'm i'm pretty shocked about that number because it dropped about 60 what was it 67 No, the 65.6 but still it's it's like I said, it's still uh, it's still a big hit internationally. Well, internationally, it's a different story, but uh, yeah. domestically, that that's it's weird yeah. because it's almost like the opposite of what Little Mermaid is doing. You know, Little Mermaid is doing pretty well here in the, in domestically, but internationally, it's not doing that well. A Fast X is the opposite. Um, obviously, there's a a part two of the finale. Mm-hmm. I think that part three that that Vin Diesel threw out in his interviews was probably a hail mary. Cause I don't think I that's going to happen.
1: I don't necessarily uh, agree with that. I think they could still pull it off if they kind of shoot both movies back to back.
0: Well, they but also, why not right. they also teased a, a fast X women or whatever, a fast women uh, version. So well, I, I think there's a still possibility for spinoffs and stuff like that, but you, yeah. they would have to do those offs with a lower budget. Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. I would like to see a Shaw <laughs> a remake. <laughs> you don't have to bring Hobbs into it, but Shaw, I think is still, uh, you know, Jason Statham is still, you know. A have big, him
1: team up with uh, Han Solo?
0: I mean, have yeah, have him team up with any other character in, in the Fast uh, franchise.
1: Well, not ludicrous. <laughs> okay, okay.
0: And I only say that because, you know, if you bring in Dwayne Johnson, that's an extra paycheck. Uh. They will have to work that out before then
1: he pr- wants to produce it.
0: Yeah, yeah, it comes with a lot of baggage when you when you attach uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. I, and same thing goes with Vin Diesel. You got two of the biggest egos in Hollywood <laughs> on this franchise.
1: Well, I don't know. I'm hoping if Vin Diesel like really wants to make this like a finale finale. I mean, like Paul Walker's already like you know he he passed away. Mm-hmm. I mean, just kill off Vin Diesel's character, right? Can, dom kill him off i mean in this last one like i i didn't mention this like when i talked about the movie last time but like he's looking so old like he reminded me of like my uh my uncle's best friend who like recently like lost his legs from diabetes like and that's who like i i kept thinking of that's who i kept thinking of like when i saw like vin diesel on screen and i'm like wow this is just ridiculous this whole franchise like and it's because of him a big part of it like i'm supposed to buy this grandfather like he's he, he's not even in shape during the movie like it, it's it's what, crazy
0: what if they bring back dom and it's like fast 20 the dom fights diabetes or something <laughs> uh all right let's get to our uh let's get to the rest of the top ten rich coming number six is about my father number seven is kandahar number eight is you hurt my feelings number nine is evil dead rise and round out the top ten is Book Club: The Next Chapter. Well, let's let's talk about the the two major comedies that came out this this past week: The Machine and About My Father. You know these features uh, big stand up comedians, but it didn't you know didn't do that well in the box office. Can you explain that? Well, they had their fans, and they, uh, um, none of the films did very well, and yeah. uh, they they went up against themselves.
1: No, the the crazy thing is I think all three of these movies or 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 even four if you if you can you hurt my feelings, they're all for completely different audiences. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I don't even think the machine or about my father are really for the same audience. I think about for my father is almost for like almost like a family movie, like a family movie with a, a little edge. Uh-huh. And the machine is like a straight up just like R rated comedy. But I think just these are just movies people would rather just watch at home. And unfortunately, you know and also, you know, I can't i can't speak for all of these movies i did i didn't see one of them but you know from what i've been hearing these aren't very good movies and mm-hmm. the one i saw wasn't very good either
0: and you saw the machine right
1: well we, we didn't have to say that. <laughs> yes
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah as someone who grew up in the 80s and 90s the comedies back then who featured stand-up comedians were big money makers yeah. eddie murphy was at the top of his game Richard Pete, Pryor. Richard Pryor. Uh, in the '90s, we had Jim Carrey, and I guess those days are gone now because no well, one. Really... those those stand-ups are different. Also, you I mean, <laughs> know, well, you're talking about major, major, major. Uh, uh,
1: those movies and uh, those movies got really bad, though. Eventually, it was, it's like the people that took it over, like the people that were basically getting those movies, was essentially just like Adam Sandler and Will Ferrell, and their movies really yeah. went downhill. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah, I mean. so, I think they kind of killed it for everyone else. But the, then when you get movies like The Machine and About My Father, and I didn't see About My Father, but, you know, I'll, I'll speak for The Machine. You know, The Machine, uh, you know, I wasn't expecting the movie to be, you know, comedy gold or anything, but I was at least expecting the movie to be, like, you know, to have a, a, a joke per minute, you know what I mean? Just be constant gags, and, you know, maybe not all of them would land, but I was expecting just joke, 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 and that's not what the movie was at all. I was, I was actually very surprised that the movie... Just didn't really have that much humor in it, and like, you know, I remember comedies would always have like big comedic set pieces. I feel like the first comedic set piece in The Machine didn't come until like way past the halfway mark of the movie, and like most of the movie was just kind of like a, just like a just just kind of like throwaway gags or just like a impro- improvised like um, pop culture reference and stuff like that, and it was just very underwhelming. That these movie and I'm sure about my father is the same thing. It's probably just a very kind of uh, exactly what you expect for that type of movie. And there's probably a couple jokes here and there. And it's, it's just late. All these movies are lazy.
0: Well, yeah, I, 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 mean, hate, I
1: hate to say it. It's a lot of it. It's the screenplays. But I hate to say because they're you know they're on strike right now. But <laughs> it's,
0: it's, it's, it's the screenplays. Yeah, I, but I'm, I'm sure these are. I mean, uh, especially the machine, and it, it's de- definitely a bird crush during production. And and it's his. I mean, it's his money being. He's put it's out there. The best
1: part of the movie.
0: <laughs> well, he he put out. It, it's his it's his movie as far as pro- producing it, and pro- yeah. um, and, and it, you know, I, I compare it to probably you know, um, Adam Carello's the Hammer. I mean, it, it's just um, it's just something that you what know they wanted. To, you know, they they wanted to do. I mean. It's kind you know, of you. It's me even comparing it to like any Kevin Smith movie nowadays. It's just something that they want to put out for their fans. Yeah, I mean, uh, Bird has like a popular podcast. He has like kind of he has this uh, status in in the comedy business, and so yeah, he does uh, he, have a following. He said at
1: the pr- he said at the premiere, like, let's make this movie a hit, so we can get you know a bunch of podcasters making movies. Oh, great! Yeah. <laughs> what a, yeah. what a goal! <laughs> yeah. Um, I wonder.
0: I wonder. If just comedy is just much better suited for television I, I think about something like dave which is you know just finished his finale uh a couple days ago and uh, you know it's third a fa- season yeah it's third season uh, really it uh, has gotten better uh barry bill hader's uh comedy series dark comedy series mm-hmm. has just finished his finale and i it, there were there were he was doing some like really inventive mixing of the genres it's not just comedy; they're just doing something just totally different that you don't see in big screens right now. Mm-hmm. So I just wonder if that's maybe why people are staying home when it comes to comedy.
1: Yeah, I think maybe people just don't want to laugh right now, or something. Oh, could like be, that. could be.
0: No, they don't want to pay for laughs. That's all. I mean, <laughs> um, uh, it just—I mean—but there are people you know, get
1: more laughs from YouTube, maybe, maybe, maybe. Like you're listening to a podcast.
0: But there are movies that that should be a uh, um, that should have done a lot better, like uh, "You Hurt My Feelings," which is the. Uh, Nicole Hall Center, uh, film and.
1: But I, I think that's kind of, you know, what was expected for like an indie film, right? I yeah. mean.
0: No, I, I mean, know. this should this should have went done uh, way better than the, the Celine Dion movie. I mean, so. But it opened it, only, to be fair, it only opened in 900 theaters. Yeah. But still it's a Nicole Hall Center. I mean, she's a, a, a she, she's still a good name to be. Yeah. But she plays well and, to the cosmopolitan types, you know, New York and LA stuff. You, I, I, I.
1: I would have expected the movie to have done maybe just a little bit better but for uh for uh Julia Lewis Dreyfus I thought you know her her um her audience would have maybe come out and support the movie but again I think this is just the type of movie people you know rather just watch at home.
0: Yeah. Yeah and it, and it's probably a, it just it's too, uh, it probably just had so little um uh, promotion for the film too because you know, I saw because a the
1: amount on, on online.
0: Okay, but uh, I'm just saying because of the writer strike too. Yeah, the writer strike has kind of put a damper on things.
1: On it might help out the Flash. It's definitely going to help the Flash.
0: But yeah, the Writer's strike has kind of oh, dampered things that people have kind of are are wary to kind of promote their movies now because they don't want to cross you know ticket line or mm-hmm. uh, picket lines. So yes, maybe they're more conscious of not you know doing an, uh doing press and then are not overdoing it. Mm-hmm. uh so that has kind of everyone's
1: just like doing like youtube press yeah and, and podcasts
0: yeah stuff like that and just other ways to promote those movies and it's not you know i like we have always said it comes down to awareness and what people know and what movies are coming out you know on a particular week and i think a lot of people are just less and less engaged with that stuff um yeah, speaking of that let's just talk about the big bomb of the week kind of this is gerard butler's <laughs> latest action film um it's we expected it to be bad but this is this is pretty bad
1: yeah i mean yeah three million under three million is kind of what you expect from gerard butler these days unless of it you know oh no 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 unless if there's positive buzz for the movie but you know going into it you know people were saying this is his worst movie and
0: yeah the yeah, the, the uh the trailers didn't appeal that much as as the, the uh, guy Ritchie one and um it's it's and the guy I mean, Richie, it, the guy it, Richie movie didn't do well at all in theaters. Yeah, so. so. But it,
1: the guy Richie one opened bigger than
0: this. I think it did a little bit better. I, it did open bigger, but yeah, it, it just did basically the same though. Um. Yeah, we, we should move on. So let's take a look at the upcoming weekend and see what let's see what's coming out in wide release. Uh, which tell us what moviegoers can expect this weekend in theaters. Opening wide this weekend is Spider Man Across the Spider Verse. This is the highly anticipated animated sequel where. Web slinger Miles Morales embarks on a mind bending adventure as he stumbles upon the ability to travel between dimensions. Determined to reunite with his beloved Gwen Stacy, Miles must confront powerful adversaries and unravel a sinister plot that threatens to unravel the very fabric of reality. Also opening up in wide release is The Boogeyman. This is the new supernatural h- horror film based on the short story by Stephen King about a grieving therapist and his two daughters who have come under attack by a terrifying supernatural entity that has been tormenting one of the doctor's patients. Okay, so the the box office tracking for for Spider Man across the Spider Verse it's about eighty million for its opening. What's your thoughts on that?
1: Well, that's bigger than the the, the last one, so. I mean, it's more than it's more than double the last yeah. one, so I mean that's good. Uh, I don't know if it's necessarily going to if that means it's going to make you know the, the the last one ended up making a little under four hundred million worldwide. I don't know if this means that this one's going to make eight hundred million, but it's definitely going to make you know substantially more than the first one, so that's good. I think that's
0: pretty a uh, significant number. I th- I think if it makes over eighty million, I think that's going to be a huge hit for Sony and uh, I guess Marvel too, but. I I'm, I think because it it is an animated it is for younger audiences I think it's going to do very well. Of uh, I, I think certainly it's going to be one of the biggest uh, comic movies of the of the summer. I'll I'll say this: Into the Spider Verse, the one that came out in 2018, of course it, it brought home the Oscar and it it, it it turned out to be a huge, uh, you know, critic wise hit. But the the movie itself didn't do that well domestically or internationally. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it makes double. But that's just okay. As the movie became available on other platforms, streaming, uh, Blu-rays, and all that, all that stuff, d- don't you think it, be, it had grown its audience? And because everyone who talks about uh, Into the Spider Verse, they talk about it as like one of their favorite comic book movies of all time. Even yeah, b- better yeah. than some of the and Marvel movies. A lot of movies. people didn't
1: see it. A lot of people didn't see it in theaters. It came out there in a very crowded, um, during a very crowded December, if I remember correctly. Right. I, I suppose a lot of people saw it on Netflix. Yeah.
0: And I think it has grown its popularity
1: i think so too i mean if it's already projected to open to like over double you know what um the first one did you know i i think that's good i think what's going to hurt it basically is i don't think it's going to necessarily grow that much internationally i think this is going to be like a big hit domestically and i think it's going to definitely you know outgrow the original domestic domestically i'm just very curious how it's going to do overseas
0: okay and i'm just saying that the most it could probably do is double and that'll probably be uh, you know just it's, it's still not uh still not a big hit
1: what do you mean double like double double the opening or double the total like double the total entire, it, it made like 200 million domestic so if it made 400 million domestic that that i think that'd be amazing right
0: not for sure. I, I don't
1: think it's gonna make 400 million domestic but but uh i think if it did that would be incredible like I'm saying, I can't,
0: not all movies could cross over a billion dollars. You know.
1: Yeah, but if, if, if this movie can, I think if this movie makes six hundred million worldwide, I think that would a, be a huge. Yeah, that'd be true. Yeah, that's a huge like uh, you know a round of applause. You know that that means uh, the maybe next turn movie. this into yeah maybe turn this into a trilogy instead of a instead of two films.
0: Yeah, isn't there a, a third one in the making? Yeah, yeah.
1: No, but I meant like uh, oh, I four oh, films then. Oh, oh yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Like what? What Vin Diesel's doing in Fast X. Uh,
0: Let's talk about the other big wide release, the Boogeyman. Now, this is being projected to hit fifteen million for its opening. This is another a horror film, and horror has been doing pretty well this this season. Yeah, it's
1: it's been a while since there's been a horror film in theaters, right? I guess Evil Dead Rise, maybe that was the last one. Oh, okay, yeah, I guess I guess so. That wasn't like that long ago. It's just I think all most horror fans that wanted to see it already saw it. (laughs) So it's it's I mean it's a good time for Boogeyman to be coming in and i think 15 million is um pretty good cuz i think the kind of uh word on the word on the street is that the movie's you know not great so oh i heard there was pretty good no okay i, I don't know i, I, I don't know I, he, I heard it wasn't great <laughs> 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 but uh, so but 15 15 million you know i i think it's good for that movie and i think it's mostly going to pull in that 15 million because you know there's a hunger for a new horror film
0: well, I mean, like with Evil Dead Rise, and that I think that the appeal of that movie is its gore, and it seems like the boogeyman is more of a supernatural haunting. It's you know it's, you we're dealing with spirits or a demon like spirit. Uh, you think that's going to change uh, its projection?
1: Mm, uh, you, so you're you're worried it's going to you know perform like a uh, Renfield and Pope's Exorcist?
0: Yeah, m- more like Pope's Exorcist. Well, I mean,
1: they both did the same.
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I mean,
1: I, I guess it did enough. F- yeah, it wasn't a but, breakout.
0: Um, it wasn't a breakout.
1: I think, I think this movie is gonna, it's still gonna do a little bit, or, a little better than Pope's Exorcist, right? Because, um, it just doesn't look as corny, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I think, I, I, I think that'll help it out. Well, the director of the movie
0: is a guy named Rob Savage, and he has done a two kind of found footage types of films, uh, Host, which was a big deal, which got a cult hit that was a uh, released during the pandemic and i think that was a webcam type of horror movie here he's doing like more traditional horror and if this does hit i think rob savage is going to be a, a, a someone to watch i guess this is this is the film that probably would have uh, would have been helped out with with the um, if if the strike didn't go on because Sophie thatcher the star of yellow jackets is the star of the film mm. and she would have done press for it but there's no there's no um um there's no big marketing as, as far as I could tell for this film other than seeing the the trailer in theaters. That's it basically, right? And yeah, and like uh, online a little bit, but not a lot. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's produced by Sean Levy. I don't know if that name helps for this. But um yeah, it well, could are not
1: even using it, right? right they're not right. even using it. It could have been like a producer of Stranger Things, but mm-hmm.
0: it's mostly the Stephen King angle they're going for, going with does hit that 15 million dollar mark it really shows you that you know horror is still a viable genre and it, it's almost untouchable at this point you know if you have a kind of a respectable budget you can make a lot of money with that well and and once again this is another film that that was to, um uh, supposed to be uh, straight to hulu and i guess uh you know, oh, really? I, I, yeah i guess oh, wow. they, they went they went ahead to um decide to put it on screens first
1: and that's good then because i mean it is gonna um I mean the theatrical release is definitely gonna you know at least help get awareness out for the movie and once it does hit Hulu it'll just be more successful because of it because mm-hmm. it at least had at least some marketing despite yeah. you know no um, talk shows and all that all right let's look at uh limited release rich tell us what movies are
0: coming this week in limited release Opening up Unlimited is Past Lives. This is the new A24 indie drama about two childhood friends from South Korea who reunite in New York after years of separation, rekindling their bond and embarking on a poignant journey of rediscovery. Also opening up Unlimited release is Padre Pio. This is the film from Bad Lieutenant director Abel Ferrara, which stars Shia LaBeouf as an Italian priest torn between his wavering faith and the tumultuous political landscape of World War II. And finally coming out in limited release is Simulant. This is the new sci-fi thriller that takes place in the future where humans and advanced AI androids coexist. Robbie ML stars a Simulant, a clone android with the consciousness of a diseased man. When he discovers his true nature, he embarks on a gripping journey to uncover his authentic identity. Yeah, so I guess big buzz about past lives. Just maybe because this is an A24 uh, film and I, a lot of people have been talking about that. When I say a lot of people. A lot of people on Letterbox have been talking about this movie. <laughs> uh, Shia LaBeouf as an Italian priest. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe <laughs> that's good. Simulant, you know, if you're a big kind of science fiction nut, you probably would want to check this out. It also has Sam Warrington and the great Simil Lu from <laughs> Shang-Chi fame. <laughs> he co-stars in that. Any, any of these movies look appealing to you?
1: Not, I haven't seen any trailers for any of them. So this is my first time hearing about, you know, pretty much all of them. And none of them really, um, capture my attention from hearing your descriptions, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> you don't want to see a buff as an Italian priest. I mean, is it better than Pope's exorcist? Right. <laughs> I mean, could be, could be the same, uh, same effort. Uh, Shia LaBeouf's a great actor. And, um, you know, uh, I, might, I might be willing to watch it but i'm not sold just on on that
0: yeah shia labeouf i mean uh during the pandemic he, he played um spicoli in the uh in the webcam version of uh the uh, fast times Richmond high uh
1: live reading or something like that yeah, yeah live
0: reading. reading and he took over you know sean penn's part as spicoli and he went method i Ed. think right <laughs> yeah he went, <laughs> real, he went real method mm. but I think he's fallen in that category as Sean Penn. I mean, he's just just the new Sean Penn or or whatever he is.
1: Difficult to work with?
0: (laughs) Or just, you know, yeah.
1: But Uh, don't you uh, think
0: Shia LaBeouf has this big kind of controversy that surrounds him that a lot of people are not going to accept him? But Uh, at
1: the same time, I feel like the controversy just keeps him more relevant, right? It it keeps him like... uh, if it weren't for the controversy people wouldn't even talk about him probably maybe yeah maybe it's it's kind of like Johnny yeah, Duck, I, I, it's good. it helps him it helps him out <laughs> I think but um but definitely in Hollywood he's like you know I think he's still earning people's trust back but um he did that interview with uh John Bernthal a, a while back that's an I mean,
0: amazing interview yeah it's, it's a
1: great interview yeah. and um I don't think I don't know if like you know people in Hollywood listen to it but <laughs> I think in, in Hollywood, it's like you know, even if they are on his side, it's not the time for him to return. So, uh-huh. and yeah. Hollywood's weird.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's de- he's definitely got a screw loose and is definitely getting <laughs> more wobbly every day. So <laughs> uh, he's a, he's a guy who takes his profession very seriously. I remember a, another interview where he did with um with actors with actors, and I forgot who mm-hmm. he was paired off. He was paired off with uh, Christian Stewart, which is mm-hmm. you know equally.
1: Another troubled actor.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's equally kind of troubled, at least troubled with their fame. And he was like saying, like, how much like acting was a part of his life. Like, it's, it's, he doesn't see it as a job. It's, he sees it as like almost a therapy. And so when he got like in that controversy, I'm like, oh man, I hope this guy gets help and I hope he, you know, comes back, but this is going to take a real emotional toll on him. And it seemed yeah, like, you like, you know, and we saw that in that interview with John Barenthal and how much he was kind of broken up. Now, I yeah. don't know if he's going to, you know, I mean, look, these days, every, every actor has baggage and uh, every actor is going to be rejected to uh, by certain groups. And, you know, you can't change that. But I guess Charlotte Bo's path right now is just to do these small parts and work with these Mavic directors like Abel Ferrara. And I guess that's maybe his, uh, his future is is. Uh, recent feature, you know, to work with these kind of,
1: it's a wor- slow comeback.
0: Yeah. It's a slow comeback. It's a, it's the, the Lindsay Lohan comeback.
1: maybe It's a slow comeback, but at the same time for Shia, I mean, I think these are also kind of the projects that he likes to do. He likes to very, get very, uh, he's kind of like a, a very kind of method actor and he likes to just get lost in these characters. Yeah. So it feels like something he would have done anyways, <laughs> well,
0: he's, he's <laughs> in that category where, um their you know actors would like to work with but not. I mean it's sort of like the Crispin Glover.
1: Oh I mean, yes. that,
0: so <laughs> Yeah, yeah yeah. Um let's talk about streaming now. W- what what could people stream this weekend? Coming out on streaming this weekend is uh, Shooting Stars, which will be on Peacock. This is the new basketball drama inspired by LeBron's James best selling book about his early years as a high school basketball star and about how he and his childhood friends rose to become the top ranked high school team in the country. All right, so that's it for this week's box office report. We'll be back next week, and we'll talk about the new movies coming out next week. Uh, Bye-bye, everyone.